All right. <clears throat> Kool-Aid is in the house. It's our, yeah, yeah. It's our favorite time of year. Playoffs are over, but we got the draft. We got free agency. And the Nets are actually, you know, in the thick of it for the first time in a while. We haven't been this involved in, uh, in kind of the draft day stuff, and I don't even know how long. Yeah, it's, it's been years. Yeah, and and they can clearly go in a lot of different directions. So the way that we want to do this with the Podthorn crew, because we want to give the people what they want, and what we decide is the best way to do this, especially given all the, uh, given the variety of moves that the Nets could make and the different trajectories they can have, we're going to do a, like four different mini pods, assuming that Sean Marks takes different. Uh, stances each time assuming by the way we're all assuming that sean marks is still the gm which we uh we're still waiting <laughs> to get confirmation but but so the first one, first uh uh mock that we're gonna do is basically who are the nets gonna pick at 21 and 22 if marks is considering blowing it up so let's say that there's actually some truth to the bridges gets dealt and they're kind of starting this thing over and they have the third pick, which we'll assume is Scoot or something like that, but they actually keep 21 and 22, uh, who are they going to want? Because as we've said, and a lot of different Nets writers have written about this, you know, the Nets can kick the can down the road and keep the team the way, they, the way it is. They can go star hunting. They can blow it up, as we're going to talk about in this episode. Or they can even try to move up, which we'll also do a little episode on that as well. But I'm going to kick it to the draft guru, who I, I, I've been trying to think of a nickname because Kool-Aid's success in the second round especially has been unparalleled. And right now we're getting close to there with picks 21 and 22. But, cool. let's assume that the Nets are blowing it up and have picks 21 and 22. What do you like them doing? Okay, so I want people to know I'm looking at Tinkathon as I um, made my uh, assessment of this. Yep. Okay, so if they're blowing it up, I don't think um, picks twenty one and twenty two packaged would make sense. It, it would make sense at that point because you know they're blowing it up, so they need to acquire as much young assets because then they're going into this year with three picks, and that would justify not having to pick maybe next year because you've got three in a um, highly regarded class. So at picks twenty one. 22. Uh, okay, let me give people a range that's available. Uh, so I, I like to look at 19 going down. So you got Derek Lively and Chris Murray. Mm, the, neither, neither of those two excite me. So I would, if we're saying we have Scoot, that means we have our point guard. Yep. Mikel, Mikel Bridges is our two guard. Um, well, no, let's assume that he's traded for Scoot. Oh, he's, he's traded. Okay, he's traded for Scoot. So then we don't have a two-guard because they already said they're not giving Sharp up. Yep. So if we don't have a two, at 21, you need somebody who can create their own shot. And this is where it gets a little tricky. I would take... <sighs> I would take Brendan... Pazinski. Uh-huh. The reason why I like him, um, he can create his own shot. He also is a, he also is a rebounding guard. Um, and the beauty of it is if you're getting rid of Mikhail, 
you can slide Spencer to the two for a moment for him to learn. Like, you know, you can either give the Rams right to scoop or you can have Spencer run it with him kind of off ball but playing the point guard position. Yep. Um, next would mean this is tricky because I don't know if the twins are a package deal. But oh no, let me finish. Let me finish with my Brandon assessment. So besides rebounding, you know, you need I, I look at him as Josh Hart with a real jump shot. Yep. Um, for people who haven't got a chance to um watch him, I said I talked about him early in early before he started rising in our group chat. I just happened to catch a game. It was just like, who's this? Who's this boy here? Because he was getting busy. Caught me off guard. But um, your next piece would be, what would we say? Ben is the power forward? Yeah, I guess. So you would need a point guard, a wing, and a big. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise people. I'm not gonna pick the big I normally would pick, even though I think James uh, Najee is gonna be a star. I would pick G.G. Jackson, and I'm picking G.G. for the simple fact he can create his own shot now, and he can slide into either the three or the four position. Assuming you know if Bridges is gone, that also means we have another wing spot open. Um, you know, he's 18. He won't be 19 until the middle of December. So he's a baby. Yeah, you're going to get the immaturity like we're hearing. Um, and also, I think some of those rumors is also to bring his stock down so he can drop to where somebody wants to get him. You, you know, yeah. that's why I love this part of the year because it's lion season. You're going to hear everything under the sun. You got to go with what you saw on tape. I believe the kid averaged 15 and five as a 17-year-old in college. You got to commend him for that. He left a whole year early. Um, and I'm going to surprise people because I'm going to also pick for 51. Um, and I'm going to give y'all somebody different than I normally would give. And I would take... People are probably not familiar with him. He's a power forward out of um, Washington State. Muhammad uh, Gai. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. How you say his yeah, Guia. Yeah. I don't know. Guia, yeah. Um, but him, he's able to pick and pop. He has a nice twelve footer, twelve fifteen foot jump shot. Um, which would allow. You, I don't know if you can play him with clacks, but it it allows for um a different a different kind of group. So that's what that's that's what I would do in this one. Um, what do you what do you think about that? I think it's interesting. I mean, see, what I think is cool about the way that we looked at it with the blowing it up, and I sometimes get carried away because I just look at all youth, and you were like, and you the way that you handled it was, you know just because they're blowing it up doesn't mean that we still aren't trying to feel the basketball team. So like, however you say, uh, the guy from Santa Clara, Podjemski, like he's, I think he's clearly going to be an NBA player for a while. And he may not have like the superstar level upside of a team that's tanking, but he also is probably a good guy to have on the team because he's, 
smart and can move without the ball. And, um, and even though he's, I, th- I think he's, he's 20 right now. So it's not that he's old, old but he's also not 18, but he's clearly a guy that just knows how to play. Like I think a contender is going to try to get him and, and they're, and he seems like a guy that you could see having an impact in the playoffs the way Braun did for, uh, for, for Denver this year. Um, and then the GT Jackson pick I really liked, and it actually um, segues well to what, uh, what I was going to say, which was I think GT Jackson, if, if the Nets are going the blow it up route, is the obvious guy, especially if you have Scoot there who you think is like a real point guard and also can get downhill. And I think he'll probably make someone like GG Jackson's life way easier. Um, the kid's obviously insanely raw. Um, and there's been, you know, different rumors about how in shape he's been, though I think that's been unfair because I think a lot of it was that he was sick. I think he had bronchitis or something. Um, and they talk about his maturity, which also makes sense because he's the young, one, the youngest or one of the youngest guys in the draft. No, he's so, the baby. He's the baby of the draft. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm totally good with that. And then the other two guys that I was kind of looking at through a combination of Tankathon and some other websites about who I think could, could possibly be there is uh, do you look at a guy like Noah Clowney, the Alabama power forward center, whatever you think he's going to be. He's probably closer to a power forward who to me is going to be like an absolute monster on defense. And he's, he knows what he is. He's not going to, I don't think he's ever going to like shoot the three, but he's super fluid. I think he, He's also a great athlete. I'd be interested to see him as well with a good with a with a good young point guard, and seeing them do do stuff together. Um, and then at fifty one, you know, I actually went in a lot of different. I was thinking about a lot of different guys, and it's also tough because, as you know, with this draft, I mean, if you're an agent, you have to be nervous if you're if you're scheduled to go in the twenties, you have to be nervous that you can drop to forty five because. A lot of these guys, I mean, as, as we've said, a lot of these guys are really talented. They're all really close together. There's a lot of guys that are projected to go in the second round that three months ago we thought were first-round picks. And so trying to determine who you think is going to be available where is tough. But one guy who I've been really into recently um, is, uh, is Amari Bailey, the point guard for UCLA, who – he may go earlier than that because, but his, he's just been all over the place. Cause at some points people didn't even think he was going to be there, but I really like him as, um, as a backup point guard. And I think he actually maybe with the way that he plays could play with Scoot at the same time, because he's uh six, four and a half. So he's a little bit bigger. He's great on D similar to Scoot. He uh, shot 39% from three. So he's already got his shot down 50% from the floor. Um, I just thought I, he showed me a lot in the NCAA tournament. I thought he was super under control, um, really seemed like he got the UCLA team uh, and, and each player into the positions they needed to be in. And I, I would just I, – I think that that would be a home run pick. Whether he's there at that point, we'll, we'll see. There's definitely some other small forwards that I think you could obviously take a swing on, like the Imani, Imani Bates of the world or Ben Shepard from Belmont. There's some different guys that you could definitely look at. But – those were my three. What do you think? So I'm going to go backwards. Amani, uh, Amani Bailey. Um, I'm tuned on him because he picked it up late. I'm surprised he stayed in the draft. I think he would have been better off going back for one more year. Yeah. Because now 
he could have transitioned into that role if it's if it's point guard or combo guard and worked on his jumper. I mean, but he did he did demonstrate that he could hit a floater throughout the whole second half and create. And I I believe he's left-handed, right? Yeah. Okay. Um so that backcourt, I mean, I pretty much him and him and Brandon is pretty much the same size. Um so that backcourt would be kind of small for for both of our picks, but he at 51 you can't complain. Um, you just would you just would have to figure out that we would have him and Cam him him and Cam Thomas. You know, we would have, our guards would be short. We wouldn't have real ideal NBA height. And I right. just thought about it when you said it for even when I picked. Like we didn't pick nobody with height. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second we both agreed on Gigi, but I'm gonna go on Noah Clowney. I I, I like him. That's my that that's my second guy behind um Gigi. But um he can't he, he can't score and he's not as offensive minded as Gigi, but he comes equipped with defense. He could come in right now and give you something immediately on the defensive end and you can let him develop his offensive game. For the over the for the people at home, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but do you think because I think this would help educate people. Do you think that if they draft a guy like Clowney, do you think that makes Claxton that much more expendable in a trade? Um, no, I truly believe that Clowney's a power forward. We don't need to masquerade that he's probably a 3-4. But the body frame is a 3-4, but his game is a 4-5, Right. So it's for his best abilities is probably keeping him at the four because his frame doesn't say he's going to be that big. He might be a Claxon clone. So if, if you're going to get a player of that build, then you need to play to their strengths and make him a power forward. So at least most power forwards are stretch forwards. He can, he can go out and contest. I think um, to answer your question about a Claxon, you're going to need a real center that can guard his position um, as as just being the center. And I don't mean to go off, but I just wanted to say this part. You know, we love what Claxton can do. We love that, you know, he had a great season, right? This is his first one. Yep. This was his coming out party. So you got to also remind, remind ourselves he has to show he could do it two years in a row. And consistently. Um, but I want my center to be able to guard the center and have the ability to step out to to, to contain a, a wing or a guard until the other guard or wing can get back and recover. That's really all you can ask for from a seven-footer. I don't necessarily need him to play like a guard on a wing. Right. Um... The other pick, the first pick you picked was I, – I, I forgot. May you, may you say who you picked? I did, uh, I did Gigi and, uh, and Clowney. Oh, okay. You did the two powerful. Okay. Oh, so with Gigi, you know, like I said, I, I think the world of this kid. I mean, if you're going to swing for the fences, let's swing, right? Like I said, the kid averaged almost 16 points. It means he can score. Yeah. 
you, you, we, we need people here that can create their own shots. That's something that we, we struggled with, and it reared its ugly face in the playoffs. You know, what I, what I, what I want to say to people is, is that we also have to remember if we're, if we're getting rid of Bridges, most likely Cam Johnson is out of here. I don't see him staying. Yeah. Unless, unless you do the business of, I still think you can be an 18 to 20 point scorer. But to me, he's a third option on a really good team. Right. If he's your second option on your team, you might be a play in borderline, you know, playoff team. Yeah. And so, ju- and I, I should have done this at the beginning, but I, but I want to do it now anyway. So just so people uh, understand and for some of the, for some of the guys that me and Kool-Aid brought up and drafted in these, in these, in this first mock session, um, so for someone like Clowney, Kevin O'Connor on his mock draft board of the ringer has, has Clowney as shades of Wendell Carter, talking about positional versatility, hustle, on-ball D, um, and, and inter- in interior scoring. Sorry. For Brandon Pajensky, who Kool-Aid drafted, KOC had him as kind of Dante DiVincenzo and D'Angelo Russell blended, basically talking about his feel for the game, hustle, perimeter shooting, and, and a floater. For Gigi Jackson, who me and Kool-Aid both drafted, they say shades of nimble Marcus Morris. I personally think that his potential is way above that, but they talk about his catch-and-shoot three, his interior scoring, his ball handling, and, uh, and his hustle. And for Amari Bailey, he was compared uh, to uh, Delonte West. And Kool-Aid's guy from Washington State was compared to kind of a mixture of Christian Wood with Thon McCourt. So... Those were our uh, those were our guys. Cool. Is there anything you wanna you wanna add before we close out this uh, this first edition? Um, no. Uh, yeah, I was. I just want to say, you know, like you alluded to earlier, like when we hear "blow it up," we assume not being competitive. No, it's just meaning for us as Nets fans, we're no longer contenders. So don't look at it as saying, "Oh, well, we're not competing." Because if we're being honest with ourselves, the team that we had the second half of the season is probably a play a playing team. Without yep. without without making any more moves, and you just brought back this this same team. You, you know, you may win a couple of games more, but we had a nice ten game cushion prior. So you borderline five hundred. If you can do the same and get younger and, and you can start to see your future because that's the one thing we haven't had since we've been Brooklyn Nets fans, right? Since we walked into Brooklyn, yep. you really couldn't see your future. And so, you know, I, I want to actually capitalize on that and, and, and watch it grow. So if you mix it, I believe they're going to mix it. I don't think this draft is the draft you, um, package picks, not not the Nets. And, you know, I, I think the NBA has shown us shown us something this week. I said this in a group chat. I want to say it, you know, to the people that's listening. The NBA tells you how they're looking at the players of who's next when they invite you to FIBA. So for me to see Mikel Bridges, we know he's next, right? They saw yep. the explosion. They saw Jalen Brunson. Like, look at the list. 
uh, Jared, um, Jared, Jared Jackson, the defensive player of the year. But the surprising one to me was Kessler Walker. I've been high on him since last year. Um, and he was, t- what he was taking, 21, 22? 22, so, yep. You know, the, the man averaged nine and eight and two blocks as a true rookie. So they're telling you the league has been put on notice. He's one of the next good bigs. And it's no slight to Clax, but their style of play is different. That man actually guards his position. Yep. And so that is why you see um, Walker on this list with Bobby Portis and Jaron Jackson and not Clax. Well said. All right. Well, uh, we're going to hit you guys back with, uh, with, with three more of these. And we are part on.